0: Uh, literature is culture culture is trash you open up a bag of trash you see a lot of different kinds of trash you know
1: I guess, uh, hi, everybody, and welcome to the 76th Insert Credit Podcast. I'm Brandon Sheffield, and I'm going to be hosting this time, which is not what I usually do. Usually Alex Jaffe does that, and I guess he's going to be a-, a panelist, do we call them that now, instead? And, uh, we also have... Yeah, Jim that's, Craw- that's the oh. nomenclature. Yeah, alright. And we've all got... We, we've also got Jim Crawford, who made that Frog Fractions, and also... Worked on uh, Gun House with me, and uh, and so yeah. So the, the thing that we do, Jim, is is we uh, introduce ourselves and then we say a specific thing. And I've i i forgotten to think of a specific thing. I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna Brandon
2: Sheffield. A little bit more specificity than that. Yeah,
1: yeah. I'm getting in there. Um, okay. I'm Brandon Sheffield, and the last uh, anime I watched an episode of was Pat Labor, the TV series.
0: Oh, Pat Labor. My name is uh, Tim Rogers. Uh, I'm, I'm
1: Alex... J- J- okay. <laughs> wow. Jaffe, you, you lagged? Or am I lagged? You, uh,
0: <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and just continue with mine. <laughs> yeah. Jaffe, since you're usually the host, uh, you're, you have to go last. <laughs> Are, are you okay, Jeffy? Okay, I'm young I'm Tim Rogers, and the last anime I watched an episode of was Initial D. Yeah. Because I watch Initial D sometimes while I'm eating my food. Because it's stupid, and I like it. I'm Jim
2: Crawford, and the last anime I watched was... Um, I don't know how to pronounce the full name, but part...
0: Oh, I know that one. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's it was real Magica one. Madoka.
1: I enjoyed uh, it. You, uh, you disappeared for a second there. Jim yeah you're back am I
2: back you're back sounds uh, like a bandwidth yeah. thing I'm not sure what I'm to do about Al- that
3: we'll power through I'm Alex Jaffe and the last episode of an anime I saw was actually also Pat Labor
0: oh uh, Pat Labor yeah,
3: yeah. yeah I'm just starting that for the first time the OVA's not the TV series Yeah, the, the into it.
0: Yeah. did you guys know that that Attack on Titan anime manga or whatever they call those Japanimation that people keep talking about That Mm -hmm. everybody in the world has been talking about for like a year is on Netflix now, the full series. I did not know. I I was just informed yesterday. So they have
1: the subs?
0: Yes. Because apparently enough people complain about anime not having subtitles on Netflix, and Netflix actually looks at Twitter or something, and they decided to not do it that way anymore.
1: That's nice. Yeah, I for one neat? liked
0: it better when
3: it was called Kurt
0: Vonnegut's Sirens of Titan. Oh yeah, that one. I've read that book. I met that guy once. He was all right. Really? I like telling people that. Yeah, it's my the full story that I have about Kurt Vonnegut. It's
1: the last Kurt Vonnegut book I read was Mother Night. I read that one as well. It's okay. Yeah, it's all right. Uh, so I guess maybe we get started. Yeah, sure. did, I, did I miss any of the preliminaries? I, I don't think it matters. Uh, uh,
3: sometimes I go over the rules, but sometimes I gloss over it.
1: Oh, yeah. I may as well talk about the rules. Why the heck not? So uh, for Jim's benefit, the rules are we talk about one question for six minutes, and then we move on, and then we talk about another question, and that's it. That's pretty but, simple. Yeah. Then we get to a lightning round at the end, and we, we do that fast question style. All right, so I'm gonna start with uh, question number one. Why not? Seems like a good place yeah, to get going. Yeah, uh, So this is something I've been thinking about. You know, Jaffe likes these Kingdom Hearts games, and uh, <laughs> okay. and we we got we got these uh, Skylanders games out there, and we got this Disney Universe. Um, how? How does one go about bringing disparate worlds together into a single cohesive narrative and story? Where you've got, I mean, like, what what is the best tactic to take? Do you take everyone out of their element and put them in a different place, or do you try to actually, you know, retrofit these characters' timelines into each other? Uh, what what's what's the best way to go about this without ruining everything?
3: Well, I think the best way is to pretend that they were all kind of the same thing the whole time. That uh no, we're not just patching this together right now. Uh world's a big place. You could have a whole bunch of things going on at the same time at different places at different times.
2: Just say, oh yeah, this yeah. guy was here. Trying to make sense of some of two things that don't make sense together. I mean that that often leads to really interesting
0: conclusions. Yeah. I think the uh, the ultimate answer is that uh, uh literature is culture. Culture is trash. And uh <laughs> You open up a bag of trash, you see a lot of different kinds of trash, you know. That's all I got. That's it.
3: So a crossover is basically a compost heap.
0: It's a compost heap. It's just a kind of a festering, just a whole bunch of trash, just kind of making smells and looking
1: gross. And, so uh, uh, Disney Universe is a trash compactor.
0: It is. Disney, Disney Infinity, is. you mean? or Disney, Disney
1: Infinity. In- yeah, you know, whatever.
0: Yeah, it's just a whole bunch of... I mean, I could argue that... Uh, something like Skylanders is the same sort of thing as Kingdom Hearts, even though it's supposedly one world, right? Mm -hmm. Like all the characters exist in one world. But I mean, how cohesive is that world, really? They're just kind of designing toys and throwing together. Same thing with uh, Pokemon. They're just kind of flopping stuff together. The idea is, like Jaffe says, uh, they seem like they kind of belong in one thing. Uh, uh, Kingdom Hearts does a quote-unquote good job of uh, ma- of making the characters all seem like they exist in the same world. So, I mean, just make it, just operate under the presumption that they all belong together to begin with.
1: Yeah, and the the only people you're going to have trouble with are the crazy superfans, though, and those are going to be the people that are the most vocal because they're going to be like, yeah, but you missed the fact that in 1942, this guy did this thing, which counteracts that. Well, yeah, then if it turns out this is... Zero.
2: If it turns out that's really hard, fish out of water stories are really fun too.
1: Yeah, it's true. Uh, I mean, I I think I kind of I prefer the clashes to the cohesiveness, but uh, yeah. uh, I, I don't I don't know if that really jives with. Like, if
2: I were actually tasked with something like this, what I would probably do is look at individual character pairings, see how these two characters from because presumably. Anybody in the same universe, if this, these universes have been around in a storytelling sense for a long time, all those... The writers have explored all the possible pairings, but if you look at two universes put together, look at the cross-universe pairings, what, it, what characters will interact in an interesting way, uh, and yeah. you explore that. Um,
1: I think the best kind of... It's not exactly a one of these sorts of things that's completely out of world but that that cartoon comic strip what's it that put you know uh Goofy and uh Donald and Mickey into kind of a midlife crisis comic. Oh yeah that was great. Oh, yeah that
3: one's good
0: that, that Oh yeah good. the Disney Pals Grown Up or whatever it was called. Yeah. Disney that pals was, grown up, that's what it was called. I think
1: I think it was called Disney pals grown up. And uh <laughs> And it it, it really just it took those those guys and used them as a vehicle to tell a common story. Common characters to tell a common story and that, that worked to like I don't even care about those characters, but I cared more about those characters because they were telling that story. And I think that's 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 the way that I would like to see that kind of stuff happen, but it's really hard when you're doing that with two hundred characters, I guess. Yep.
0: I think, uh, I don't know if it's easier or harder to make a world seem coherent because the characters are all, uh, what do you call it, iconographic uh, Mm -hmm. fiction characters. Recognizable Disney characters. Uh, Because, I mean, one of my favorite ideas to sit around thinking about is uh, uh, this game idea I have called, tentatively titled Shakespeare Hearts. uh, Yeah it's mm-hmm. about you have to visit all of the shakespearean worlds and uh you have you're like an anime kid with a gun and you have to like shoot dudes who are trying to take down the shakespearean tragic heroes and you have to like fight with them and your partners are uh, are sherlock holmes and george bernard shaw
1: mm-hmm. which i
0: think is really cool i really want to make that game and uh i think it would be cool because in that case i'd get to design all of my my you know i'd get to mastermind the design of all the characters, so it's like they could easily all fit into a world. Whereas something like a game that doesn't get a lot of credit as being a Kingdom Hearts-like is uh, the Dynasty Warriors series. Um, Yeah. I I majored in Chinese history and literature and all that crap in college, believe it or not, and uh, most of those characters didn't ever see each other or talk to each other or fight each other or live Uh at the same time or Within twenty or thirty years of one another, so it's it's kind of uh, funny that, and I mean they've, and Lord knows their culture did not produce any outfits that looked like that, or be- <laughs> beards that looked like that, or I mean they didn't wear dirt bike gear and uh, Adidas shoes and have the Mohawks and stuff that they have in those video games. So, I mean that you know, so it's like that's that to me is kind of that's a way to do. Uh, to throw together disparate worlds is to make it stuff that people know it's real. People are drawn... like I think part of the draw to a Dynasty Warriors game in, say, the United States of America is that it's like, well, I know that these characters are real. You know? They're like, I, I know that these characters are based on historical figures, and that makes me think it's sophisticated, so I'm going to play this. And it's like, they're not really
1: thinking about it as stuff thrown together. Uh, we, Sometimes... we, we got to move on, Jaffy. All right, fine. No. Oh, no. <laughs> it's time for the next question. Oh, T4 TNQ. Yeah. So, uh, WayForward has just announced that they're uh, going to plop out another video game, in this case based on Wonder Momo, which is a kind of mediocre game for the PC engine. I don't particularly it's, it's really care about... It's mediocre, yeah. I don't particularly care about the Wonder Momo franchise, but I am kind of sad that WayForward is making a game based on it. Um, which it led looks, me to think it looks what?
0: It looks to have, uh, you know, their trademark production values, where it yes. looks it looks like a tasty thing that you wish
1: you could enjoy. Yes, exactly. You know? So this this led me to wonder: Is there a game series? Because lately, WayForward has been doing a lot of that kind of contract work is there a game series that they could make without ruining so i think the the things that would it would need to be something where art over mechanics is part of it and it doesn't matter if it has good level design uh, but looking nice is very important so what 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 series could they what kind of a game not kind of game, what game could they remake or make a sequel to that they would not ruin
3: well Mm. first I just want to ask uh, didn't Nintendo already remake uh, Wonder Momo when they made Super Princess Peach
0: not really oh because she's a peach and she's super yeah I
1: I, I get that joke now that was a good
0: (laughs) Japanese language
1: joke it's an okay joke I guess
0: uh, your criteria there I think um the
2: genre that best best fits that is the brawler
1: mm-hmm. like the arcade style yep.
2: like the like the old Simpsons game, for example,
1: yeah, it's true, and that's probably why one of the games that people dislike the least of theirs is that Batman brave and the bold game because it is it's a pretty simple brawler that had an uh an okay writer doing the story uh, and it had nice art so, so let's give them adult they
2: also made a double dragon game although i haven't played that
1: that one they managed to make really bad i actually uh, just
0: deleted that from my playstation 3 today yeah they they cuz i was they, downloading some playstation plus games and i was like i need to get rid of some space and i don't like this game
1: i mean they tr- they tried to make it mechanically interesting which was their that was the problem they they uh they tried to do something cool with it, which is not something that they understand how to do.
0: But the yeah, the, the mechanically interesting part was just really bad. It was like press the dodge button during like this gleam uh, like when an enemy does like a wind up and uh, he'll like do a wind up and then you press the dodge button to dodge like during the gleaming starburst in his fist, and then that'll put That'll make your character flash and now you do like four times as much damage so you can kill the guy in like two hits. So you just kind of walk around like waiting for a guy to do like a wind-up attack with a baseball bat so you can tap the button and then be able to kill him in four hits. So it's like instead of punching and punching and grabbing and kicking and jumping, you're waiting and waiting and dodging when it's time to dodge and it's just horrendously unsatisfying.
3: I, I feel like uh, way forward's wheelhouse is uh, properties where the iconography is more important than the quality of the medium itself. Uh,
0: so I it's think a, I hey, remember the nineties, right? Out.
3: So yeah. Battletoads, I think, would be ideal. It's yeah, a property, I think
0: uh,
3: everybody has this weird fondness for, for some reason, the game. World, man, yeah. Actually, is a terrible game. Yes, th- yes, the uh, video game community at large, Brandon. Which is the, not the at- a,
0: large community. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
3: Not not us in our ivory tower. Uh so it's not like they could make it any worse than it was. Uh why the heck not?
0: Yeah, I think uh it's possible they could make a Battletoads game better as long as they don't uh as long as number one it's an original game and number two they don't try to make it like super hard. Yeah. Not, uh, let's not make Battletoads remastered. Yeah. Yeah, don't yeah, Battletoads remastered would make me throw up. But they they could probably do that one, and it's like, uh, you know, why not, right? Yeah. Just go ahead and make that. I don't care. Yeah, but if they <laughs> if they, get, if <laughs> they did uh,
3: a Battletoads remastered, I would get uh, I, I, I would get uh, Lorenzo Music if he wasn't dead to do one of the frogs.
1: I'd oh, get yeah.
3: uh, Ray Romano to get one of the frogs.
1: Oh yeah. And yeah. for the Bobcat Goldthwait.
3: Yes, Bobcat Goldthwait.
0: B- B-, B B B C G T. Um, yeah. So I want to say one thing about Ducktales remastered. More like Sucktales Remastered.
1: remas <laughs> turd. <laughs> nice. Knocked
0: it out of the park. That's oh right. my god, that's a ger and slam.
1: I re that's I recently guy. started a uh, a thread on a forum. <laughs> that said, uh, that was called Wonder No-No. So that's my oh, contribution to that. baby. Yeah. I
3: thought, I thought my Super Princess Peach joke was pretty good,
0: guys. Yeah, it was pretty good as well. Super Princess Peach was really bad. That was Tose. That was the yeah. the, the criminal minds that Tose added again. Tose is like kind of the way forward of Japan, but how does that work, though? I don't know. They're better. They're, they,
1: they're, they're better, and they've done... They've done... Oh. They've done some more they've done a lot more things and they've done some things that were pretty good. It's just one wonders how that came to pass.
0: Yeah. And it's I mean, Way Forward is, is on their way forward to uh having done as much stuff as Tose, to be it's sure. sure. They're uh, they're getting there. They're they're making a lot of stuff over there. Okay. You
3: know, a, oh, Way, go ahead. Way forward should make a uh, Dynasty Warriors game, which focus on which focuses on Soutzou's campaign.
0: Oh, they could probably make Dynasty Warriors feel better. <laughs> Dynasty <laughs> Warriors is one of the worst feeling games I've ever played because
3: okay. of the Way Dynasty.
1: I get it. Yeah, there you go. The Way, Yeah. Oh my God. I just I just watched a movie about the Way Dynasty. It starred Jackie Chan. Oh, so. JC. I Wait, am. which
0: one? Which movie?
1: Uh, that was little big soldier. Little,
0: I, I was gonna say, is a little big soldier. God darn he, it, that's he, in my Netflix was, Instant QE.
1: Yeah, it's pretty fun. He was fighting against the way army in that case, but not very hard. Um, I'm gonna ask our next question now. In Queue, yeah. Up, and, uh, so, I was talking with uh some some folks on the tweets today about how I realized, probably a lot of people realized this a lo- a lot longer ago than I did that the the Dreamcast with the VMU was kind of going for a very similar thing uh, that Nintendo is going for with its Wii U um, and in in that you know the they both have they display different information on the controller than you see on the screen and you can interact with that information uh, it's got it's also a little game system that you can take with you and do some stuff and then bring that back into the game. But the VMU was pretty underutilized. Some of the best things that people did with it were like in those NBA 2K games, in those 2Ks, they had secret play... uh, uh, Sorry, NFL 2K, I'm sorry. Uh, They had secret plays that you could do. Like you you could do the plays on your little VMU... So that your opponent couldn't see what plays you were you were putting in, which was pretty cool. And in uh, Silent Scope, they had a a sniper um, reticle that you could snipe enemies with. It gave you a, the greater detail view. And uh, and in what was it uh, Unreal Tournament 3? I think it gave you a warning beep when something was happening because the VMU had that an- annoying beep. So my question yeah. is. What things would you have done with that technology? What what would be good to do with a VMU uh, if if people had thought about it a little more? The, you're talking about the VMU, right? Yeah, I'm right. talking about the VMU. Oh, okay. Just making sure. That thing? <clears throat> the resolution was extremely. You can count it with your eyeballs. Low. It was like it was. yeah, I think it was like five. <laughs> <laughs> it was um, really low. It's, uh, I, I can get it for you in just a second. I just,
2: like off the cuff, like 40 by 20 or something?
1: It was 48 by 32. Oh, 48 by 32. It had an 8-bit CPU and 100 KBs of flash memory. Uh, but only uh, only 100 uh, K of that could be used for data storage, so um, the rest of it is system use. So that's what you got.
3: I would port Doom to Dreamcast but the uh VMU screen would just be your face.
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes.
1: That'd be pretty good.
0: Yes. That's it. That's the winner. <laughs> That's basically it. Like you would you would you'd would port it and then you would uh hype it on the back of the box with uh there's no uh it would just, <laughs> It would just be no no UI to clutter the screen. It's all on the, the VMU, and it's just your face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then there's you don't even know how much ammo you have in the game. That's it. Whole thing. Just because there's <laughs> no, yeah, it's just it's a full immersive experience. Oh man, fully immersive eyes entertainment, F-I-E-E is what it would be. Yeah. Awesome. Fee. Any other ideas? I figured
1: ideas
0: like, or like that there it? was. Oh. I mean, I I mean I can think of some more stuff. There was some stuff on the the Dreamcast that I I mean that that VMU I feel like it could have been something. Yeah. And it's there was never anything there was like the little chow mini game for Sonic Adventure, but who even knew how to do anything in that? You know, like when you take the VMU out, like it didn't feel like you were doing anything. It was it was somehow worse than a Tamagotchi. I mean that was the whole idea was that your game controller has a Tamagotchi in it, right? That was like that was probably their internal pitch for it. I feel like if you could have had an RPG that had some sort of little cup-and-ball game or whatever that you play on the VMU to grind your experience points and you could, like, level your dude up, yeah, I don't yeah, see how that is. do
2: that, that continues your investment in the game when you're away from the game. But yeah. All I can think of is, like, backporting Nintendo Land minigames. Like, for some reason, my mind won't leave that idea. Oh, yeah, man.
1: That could be a thing. I, I was thinking, like, it would it would be nice if in those kinds of two-player games where you have to wait for the other player's turn to be over, a la Super Mario Brothers, you could you could have just let them play Tetris on the VMU in the meantime. Oh, that's side. pretty good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. The VMU had a lot of uh, little technical concerns about it, though, didn't it? It's like the
1: the battery. What was the battery? The battery situation was weird. Yeah, batteries. Yeah. were... Went out real fast. That's why usually when you turn on your Dreamcast, you hear a beep sound if you have a VMU plugged yeah. in, telling you that it's out of the watch battery that it will chew through in a couple of days. Yeah. Could, it,
2: could you power it in, with the controller
0: itself? Nope.
1: No, that's that was probably the most unfortunate part. The controller would not power it.
0: I think Sega I think was a bunch of old dudes just being like, "Yeah, just do it. Let's just get it out there. Let's just just make it, man. I don't, it, I don't care."
1: It would have been cool to do something like a i don't know a versus r p g where you have a little rock paper scissors mini game and you're you're you know you're trying to out fox your opponent by choosing it on the v m u where they can't see but you can and the action takes place on the screen something like that would be cool
0: yeah there were certainly some things you could do with it i I just think that it should have been a no-brainer for a game like Skies of Arcadia to have a uh, you can grind levels on your VMU, like a little right. tiny, little tiny puzzle you can play. Yeah, little tiny, like stupid as you know, dumb as a box of rocks kind of puzzle game. The that Bioshock hacking puzzles. Yeah, yeah, just little tiny puzzles that maybe I get some experience points every time, or maybe I get some gold for playing them, and balance a game around that. But the thing was, and I mean, you know, you hear people talk about business, and they use words like synergy and integration and all that. And it's like they didn't force anybody to buy a VMU, you know? Yeah. They didn't really, really encourage you to buy one was the problem.
2: Yeah, they didn't well, sell is, it hard enough. This is the problem that Nintendo tried to solve by making it part of the system, and that's what's killing them now. yeah. yeah. Or,
3: giving so, them the you know, troubles. if you're playing a fighting game, it could be a little uh, cheat
0: sheet for combos. Oh, hey, Brandon, speaking of things that require you to look at screens and uh, have information not visible to everybody, uh, that Zelda Four Swords game from yeah. Game Boy Advance era, yeah. uh, which was actually really neat because everybody had their own screen and you had to sit around talking to each other while you were playing through the levels, and it was more of an action-oriented Zelda is free on the Nintendo 3DS eShop right now. Oh, so, maybe I'll give it a get. Yeah, so the thing is, if you get it, you need four players to play it, so I would play it. All right, let's do and it. I'm pretty sure David Hillman would play it. And then let's uh,
1: make it happen.
0: We could we could get a fourth person to play that with us. Okay, I I'm going to move that. on
1: to the next question. Oh, yeah, right. Jim, you can that play was it. That was a good
0: reminder for that. I, I'm going to download that myself.
1: So. Okay, so uh, another thing what I've been thinking about is I was playing that Ninja 50 game.
2: Mm. Um, <laughs> Jim,
1: have you played that game? I have not. It's a, It's it's a Game Boy Advance game where you are a ninja and you have a set of moves and everything is very precise and it's built f- for speedrunning and it's hard but in a very extremely fair way, it's a very precise kind of a game, right, okay. and it's and uh, the levels are there. Are, there are only uh, five of them, and they're all very meticulously designed. And it was it was designed by this guy named Gen Suzuki, and he's never made any other good things <laughs> before or after. And, well, he's made uh, a bunch of bad things. He's made a he's he's worked on some like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle terrible ports, and uh, and just like some some random things. He tried to do another thing with a guy that had a rope, but it was for iOS, and it wasn't really amazing. Oh, so well, I, I remember started, that one. Yeah, I started thinking like, do people occasionally luck into success, or, or was that guy, did he get to do his magnum opus, and then he's been stymied ever since, and it wasn't a big seller, and so they put him back in the box, or... Or, or what? Like, do you, do you think that people accidentally do something great? Like, what, Gunstar Heroes, I think was ninety nine percent on purpose. Uh, oh, the good yes. things they did in that game. But but sometimes you you start to look at something or look at a person's career and think maybe they did a good game by accident this time.
2: Uh, you, uh, usually, uh, it's it's almost impossible to do everything right when it's when you're talking about a, a game that is complex. Is what you're describing. I can't yeah. imagine somebody doing all of the, those decisions correctly accidentally. Uh, for I mean, you were talking before about and this is not on the podcast. It was about like a, a racing an LCD racing game,
1: mm-hmm.
2: but like a two-button game where the little cars blip at you. Yeah. And I think something like that is about as complicated as it can get, where you can do everything right without knowing what you're doing. Yeah. But certainly, like you can totally luck into things. I look into good decisions and then notice that they're good decisions and follow up on them. I think that happens all the time.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. I think uh, it's in. I see it happening more. I see this kind of scenario happening more often in Japan, and it really could just be a Japan thing, yeah. where the guy got his one shot to direct a game, and uh, and that that was it for him. Now he's back to the window seat or whatever. Yeah, I,
0: I think more often than not, it comes down to a bureaucracy thing in Japan where it's just they let somebody be in charge. And also, how do we really know it was him? You know, How do we know it was his uh, his effort? Yeah, I worked well, for a... The,
1: what? Sorry, I was just going to say quickly, in that case, I actually, I actually tried to do the research there. And that... Game was made by like nine people, of uh, of which he was the designer, director, and producer. So it was it, but you know, it still could have been him taking credit for someone else's work. It's possible.
0: It could have been the level designers and the programmers just got stuff right. Yeah. You know, it could have just been like, it was came down to the programmer making stuff feel good. Um, what comes to mind
3: for me is uh, Pokemon Snap. Uh, a game which well, doesn't really family. feel, yeah, it doesn't really feel like anybody's vision, and is gives you the impression that it was kind of a cash in title. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's got some interesting mechanics in there for uh, just a game that isn't about fighting, uh, a game that's about uh, exploring an environment and being a part of it, and uh, it's got stuff in it that really hasn't been totally implemented in the ways it should be in uh, so many years later. I feel like there's a lot to mine in that uh, dumb little accident of the game.
1: You know, I kind of wonder if, like, are we giving Warren Spector too much credit because he, you know, he did that. He worked on that Deus Ex, but how much of that was really Warren Spector? Now that we go down the line and look at his subsequent releases, you know, right. like yes.
2: definitely the the team is huge.
1: Yeah, when the team is is that big, you know, it's hard to it's hard to say who's doing what hmm And making making it the good times. Yeah, notably,
2: Warren Spector himself has actually told like people in the press not to credit him specifically with his games.
1: Hmm. That makes a lot of sense. If you think yeah, I think about that's a
0: little bit of that creative guilt where he's like, man, maybe it maybe it really was all these other guys. <laughs> maybe, yeah. maybe I couldn't have done this. Uh, right. Maybe I like. I mean, it it feels like. Oh man, it, it it feels like, and I mean, I, I've i tried to be a creative person for most of my life, and I've never really, never actually fully successfully felt like one, which is kind of something I struggle with. But uh, mm-hmm. uh you come to the end of a creative endeavor thinking, maybe I wasn't the instrumental factor in this. And then at the end of that, you're like, but do I really want to be? What kind of psycho would I be if if that ruined it for me? And uh, yesterday I was reading an interview uh, that uh, Greg Moore uh, from Capcom Unity had posted on Twitter. He posted an interview with the director of Strider Mm -hmm. who made no... Like Strider the arcade game. Yeah. Yeah. He made no games other than that that were famous at all before or after Strider. And... uh, there was a lot of really interesting stuff in there that he said, uh, like he talked about how uh, Capcom needed a game, right, and they had their new CPS arcade hardware, and they were making uh, Daima Mura, which is uh, Superior Nihongo for Ghouls and Ghosts, mm-hmm. right, not Ghosts and Goblins. But uh, they were making that, and then there, w- they, like Strider was to be the other killer app game, and Uh, They didn't know what the game would be. They just knew that one of them would be a sequel to Ghosts and Goblins, right? And then they needed to make another game with the same hardware and the same general uh, feel was the idea, even though, obviously, Strider doesn't really feel anything like that. And uh, the bosses got, like, a hotel room at a fancy hotel, and they, like, locked up... Not locked up, but they, they told the whole staff of the other game to just go sit in this room And, uh, the director Strider was like, I want to make a game about a ninja. You know? And he's like, I think it would be cool to have a ninja. And people were like, well, there's already Shinobi, and that's about a ninja. And then he's like, yeah, but we can set it during uh, modern times. Because he said he looked outside the window at Shinjuku and there's all these skyscrapers. And he's like, look how high-tech this looks. What if it takes place in a high-tech city of the future? And, uh, they're like, yeah, I guess. And they sat around writing like a whole story about this ninja and this elite group of assassins. And then uh, the two teams broke apart, right? They broke into two teams, one to make an NES game, right? Yeah. And one to make an arcade game. And the NES game made a game based exactly on the story that the director of Arcade Strider wrote up, mm-hmm. right? And the director of Arcade Strider was like, well, I can't have cutscenes in this game because who's going to play an arcade game with cutscenes and And uh, they made something just drastically different with, like, drastically different art and and all that. And uh, maybe that is sort of an answer to that. It's like it took some weird situation like that, knowing that another team was making it. It was just all about the environment, I guess. And, again, that's a thing that, as a person attempting to be creative, terrifies me every day to think about... uh, the fact that you might make a great thing that people like, but it all comes down to not just your team, but the environment and the atmosphere in the room and the just these little imperceptible things. And that's yeah. Strider,
1: that's we we've 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 got to move on to the next question. But I, right. I just I just wanted to quickly add that uh, I have had that locked in a room experience when I when I had to. Uh, do a story for a game that I won't can't mention or else I'll get sued. Um, oh, yeah! You don't want to get sued. No, I don't. Um, I hadn't quite pieced the story together yet, and that was what I was supposed to be doing. And so they were like, "Well, what if we just put you in this room and we come back in a few hours? Will you have it then?" <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> "Well, yes, I, I had better." And I I
0: have a similar experience to that about a game that I'm aware I can talk about without getting sued, Uh, Shadows of the Darned by Grasshopper Manufacturer and uh, EA. Uh, I I spent maybe seven nights locked in a room with Goichi Suda. Uh, uh, Seven nights uh, over the course of a year where he's like, we have to figure out what kind of game this is. And we, we sat there and wrote, and I wrote a game design document, and at other times he wrote a story, and I wrote a game design document, and we tried to put them together, and then we made a slide presentation to show to EA, and it just kept happening over and over again because he was never satisfied with it. And uh, that was really sad because we could have used all that time to just make a dumb game that would have felt cool.
1: I remember that time. So, next question is, yeah. uh, let's talk about surprises in games. That's something that Jim is particularly interested in, and will probably cannibalize a little bit from your GDC talk that you're going to do. But uh, heck yeah. That, I'm, I'm, yeah, oh, we're doing that. Um, okay. All literally right, so nobody who
3: cool. listens to this show goes to GDC, so we're good. Yeah, right, thank right. goodness.
1: Um, yeah. who knows GDC, man? Who knows so, about that? I guess what makes a good surprise in games, and how do you surprise people without leading them on, and how do you gen- genuinely surprise people without them just thinking it's trite or like, yeah, I totally knew that this was going to happen. What what is what's the uh, what are the ingredients of that?
3: Well, it has to be released before
2: 1997.
1: I don't know because Frog Fractions managed to surprise a lot of people.
2: I, well, I think the, the what. So you're getting at the the game facts thing where people will just read everything about the game before it's released. Okay. Um, sure. And I think what what happened there was that Frog Fractions was so obviously about the surprise that people realized it and would not talk about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The the other thing that I think is super important is to just trust the player. Um, I if it's not. It's not really a, a secret if everybody finds it, so you have to like you have to leave a possibility for some people to not find it, not get it. Um, it's it's so much uh, it's so much sweeter a surprise when you discover it for yourself. Jim, can I
3: have a uh, make a confession? What's that? Um, I stopped playing Frog Fractions about four seconds in because I have this thing about really long tongues that freaks me out. <laughs>
0: How would you ever play Battletoads then? Did you just never power up? Never.
2: You just never
0: refilled your life?
2: (laughs) So I added in an option, a toggle for eating sounds for Brandon specifically. Yeah. Um, But I don't know what I would have done about the tongue.
0: (laughs) I just want to say about Frog Fractions that I really, really wish I had stuck with my plan to not go to the indie game meetup. Where you spoiled the game in front of a bunch of people oh, yeah. I was totally not going to go yeah. to that I was totally oh, going to like see my friend in San Francisco instead, and uh i I should have done that because then I would have had a much, much better experience. The game is pretty cool though so no, thank you <laughs> but <laughs> it's like you spoiled that there was more to it, and I was like, oh man
2: yeah well i i didn't I had no idea that anybody was going to play it at all, so I oh, like, yeah, oh here's, yeah, here's an audience for me. I can show it to these 30 people. That'll, I'll be happy with that.
0: <laughs> yeah. It, yeah it, I, was, I, I will admit that it was because I remembered seeing it that I played it, and I'm like, I'm going to see what freaky stuff is in this game.
2: And then you've already seen it all, yeah. Yeah.
1: Except and, oh, probably yeah. not the very end of it you hadn't seen Well, yet. The, I definitely
2: okay. added, added some stuff in, but like the, the 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 point of that game is the first surprise. And the rest yeah. of it is just like, it's there to make the surprise not disappointing.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard to kind of put something together knowing that it is entirely possible that people will miss the thing that is the best about your game. And you, I I guess you just have to be okay with that, with yeah. with the idea that people can just not get it and move on. Uh, yeah, yeah, you have to make your peace.
0: So... I remember back in the old InsertCredit.com forum days, back in the early 2000s, uh, Eric John Adorak, as we know yeah. him, he uh, had yes. this this theory that he liked to talk about, which was uh, just kind of like a theoretical. His perfect video game would be something he referred to as an Iceberg Vania. Have, have we ever used this word before? An no, Iceberg Vania is like like a Castlevania game where. Uh, the game that you're playing, this whole Castlevania-sized game is just the tip of an iceberg. Where you discover something uh, in a room, and this is because Adarac was very—he loved Metroid Two, where you know you get the spider ball and you're just rolling around on ceilings and bombing ceilings and trying to—and uh, every single secret in the game feels like a completely bizarre, uh, accidentally hidden thing. And uh, that's kind of what spoke to people a lot about the original. Metroid games before. Super Metroid was a little too right. newbish, but uh, the, the, the earlier two were just full of weirdnesses, and uh, so his iceberg icebergvania would be that there's like a whole massive game under the game, and uh, and it's a completely different game with completely different rules, and then another thing that I always think about when I think about secrets in games is, uh, you know, I mean, I think secrets are cool, and I like secrets and twists and... Uh, and stuff, and I like I like cheesy twists, and that's the only reason I recommend anybody play Bioshock Infinite because I think it has a hilarious story twist near the end that just, oh, that. just completely blew my mind uh, how stupid it was. And it's like I really like stuff like that, and I mean I also like real books, okay. But uh, like <laughs> the uh, so I think that I think of the WarioWare games as like a perfect example of uh really awesome secrets that are just kind of wasted. They just flop them out. They just empty a garbage bag on a picnic blanket, and they're like, here you go. Here's all the little stuff. It's like, wouldn't it be cool if there were a game that were just, like, full of little games like that, and they were just, like, they just popped up out of nowhere, and it's like, now you have to do this for 20 minutes? And uh, uh, I think that kind of fits into what I think of when I think of uh, Adorak's Icebergvania. Yeah. So... I mean one of the
3: classic video game surprises is symphony of the night where you beat the game and you're halfway through there's a whole upside down castle that was that
0: that was the inspiration for Iceberg Vania. he's like what if it wasn't just an upside down castle and it was a completely different castle and it was also you're a complete you're a different character and it's and he had a whole big set of different rules that and it's like now you can fly and uh now your weapon is this and you die in one hit, and you fire a gun instead of a sword, and, uh, it's just, it becomes a different game, and most people will never find it. That's I'm really good. Head. And so we did that with Ziggurat, uh, we hid hours upon hours of content in that game that no one will ever see. No one yeah. will ever see it, because somebody can only, the, the longest survival time in that game is 27 minutes, and, uh. I don't want to say where the landmark number number 4 is, but uh it's it's pretty far out there in in the deep darkness. So there's there's
1: that. Um I'm going to move to our next question. Go for it, man. Which is
0: what question uh, number are we on?
1: I don't know. I'm j- I'm just looking at what time it is. 12. I I keep forgetting to do my 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 stopwatch, but I just started it anyway. I was listening to the music for Evergrace Grace too because someone put it on the on the net. Oh, that's that's uh, from software. And that music is so weird. It's just all like uh, over pushed vocal san- samples and weird synths and discordant nonsense. So, yeah, uh, yeah good.
2: I was just gonna say I to that. I listened to the title screen music you linked to. I was really impressed by how how listenable and weird it was at the same time. I wouldn't classify it as good, but, like, it was super interesting in, in like, a, a most unwanted music sort of a way.
1: Yeah, it's, it, so it's very clear that that composer... I, I listened to some of that composer's other stuff. It's clear that he is doing it on purpose. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that was something he wanted to make. This is the kind of music that he likes. And so... I was trying to think of some other examples of video game composition, or video game composers, or, let's just say, games that have music that are as weird as that. And not in the, this is just accidental garbage kind of way, but, uh, weird stuff. Jeff, you look like you want to say something.
3: Yeah, yeah I want to plug a, uh, Tumblr website I'm very fond of, uh, started by, a uh, friend of the community, Eliguro. Uh...
0: Uh, yeah, called,
3: that's a good uh, tumbler. Uh, yeah, soundsfromtheabyss.tumblr.com, which is yep. exactly what you're talking about. Just yeah, Brandon, you should check that, that one out. out. Oh, all
0: right. Game.
1: Does that just answer yeah. the question right there?
0: Yeah, it does. <laughs> it pretty much does. There's there's a lot of cool stuff on there, and uh, I've I, got a couple
2: of things I want to name check specifically. Um, one of them is, I think it's called The Adventures of Rat Gravity for the NES. Um, where the soundtrack is super—I don't even know how to describe it. It's—it's it's very much um, very, it's very much its own thing. Um, it's very um, hard to listen to. Um, and the other one is a game for MS DOS called Insanity, and it was—it was one of those games where you're—you're—they um, change the screen mode to like 40 by 25 text mode, and you're a smiley face running around in a maze, um, and they do all these really. Avant-garde things with the PC speaker, so you can actually do really interesting sound design with, you know, a, a, a square wave but consistent amplitude. It's just nobody wants to listen to that shit. <laughs> um, but it, it's if you're interested in sound design or interested in like, if you are a musician or like interested in the process of like of of. Um, making music. It's super uh, super interesting to listen to, and that's going to be hard to come by. I, I found a video of it once on YouTube, and then it got deleted, so that might be a harder one to, to get an example of.
1: Oh man, is it on like, the one of those uh, archives or something?
2: I bet you can get the game itself on, like, does Home of the Underdog still exist? Something <laughs> like that, if it does.
1: I, I think it does. It should exist. Um... Okay, well, we can move on to the next question, then, since we've basically answered it. What? Uh,
3: Sounds from Com. All right, yeah, let's go,
1: go Let's go to there. Uh, edutainment generally is terrible. It's, uh, they, they have a game part and a learning part, and kids usually hate both. Uh, but it seems like it should be possible to teach people certain kinds of things through video games, like, say... Uh, history. You could get people through a historical event in a somewhat compelling way, but then you've got issues of like uh, rewriting history, and you don't really want them to be able to do that because you want them to learn what actually happened. So, what what would you th- all think would actually make a good edutainment game, and in in what field of study?
3: Um, JFK Reloaded comes to mind. A video game which was about which scored you uh, in the role of uh, Lee Harvey Oswald Mm -hmm. on how accurately you could uh, replicate the shot that killed John F. Kennedy. So you get so any historical game which gives you points for historical accuracy
1: Mm, might be a good one. Yeah, that makes Mm. sense.
2: So if you die in Oregon Trail, that's actually the win condition. Yes. Yeah. Oregon Trail actually is, a, I think, a, one of the best examples of a successful educational game um, because it, it's, it's really more about, I mean, it, it has a lot of information in it, but it's really more about generating an interest in, the, um, in that topic, uh, and it, it pretty successfully puts you in the shoes of these people and, and shows you what it's like to to live that life. Um, I
1: guess. I didn't really learn anything from that though, and I feel like my interest in that period came more from uh Clint Eastwood than it did from Oregon Trail. No, yeah, I definitely... think
0: uh Oregon Trail, maybe if you were uh if you were younger or older when you played it the first time, maybe it would have inspired an interest. Maybe, but what it did was it just took uh some historical realities and somehow turned them into a compelling game contest. And uh, it was just all about atmosphere. Maybe if the graphics had been better.
1: Maybe if... Uh, there, were,
2: there were remakes of that game that didn't really help it.
1: Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I must say, though, that in in terms of a game that aimed to tell you something and was trying to be fun, it did a good job of trying to be fun, definitely. Like, it was a, it was a cool... Mechanic and idea that I hadn't seen before, and I enjoyed playing it, but I didn't learn a dang thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean,
0: kids sure were excited about going to the computer lab to play it. Yeah, and uh, the mm-hmm. game sure did was pretty hard about its uh, its fail states. Like yeah. it would, you could achieve failure pretty quickly by by dying. Uh, or by making a decision that involved you not reading the text,
1: you yeah. know? So right.
0: there was at least that, and it was funny to die, because you're like, you you know, you're dead. Oh, that's pretty funny. And then it's like the the computer lab class ends for the day, and you're like, man, I died in Oregon Trail this morning. That sucked, you know? And you're just thinking about it kind of like a, you know, I didn't have, I, I couldn't play sports, so... I was uh, I was too uh, too much of a jerk to play. Sports. I
2: would like to see uh, um, something like Oregon Trail, but taking taking that ethos and applying it to something like trench warfare in World War One. Like if someone yeah. did a Oregon Trail style adaptation of All Quiet on the Western Front, I think that would um, that would really blow some minds, and it would probably never be allowed in the curriculum, unfortunately.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, there were there were games that. I mean, right up until the NES era and and through that, and I mean, there was even crap like Mario is missing uh, on the Super Nintendo. There were games that tried to uh, actually be educational but also be well-made video games until at some point, I don't know, Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat 2, Street Fighter, uh, video games just got this this crushing reputation as being... Stupid toys for uh, that made kids dumber, and it's like yeah. I don't feel like that at all. I feel like I learned a bunch of stuff from Final Fantasy. You know, I played Final Fantasy four, and I—I uh, I mean, I'm not—I'm not even gonna joke around. I played the heck out of that game, and uh, I read the whole story, and it just made me think it was really weird. And I told my dad about it, and uh, he's like, "You should read these John Carter books, John Carter." You know, and uh, yeah. I'm like maybe i should and i got into stuff that way you know and i got into i mean i'm sitting right here you know i have i have a collection of 1960s sort of adventure novels just kind of sitting right by my just on a stack you know i don't know if you can see that i just got a bunch of these weird ones like yeah. sitting by my on my bookshelf here i mean i still read this stuff today so i got into stuff like that through playing games like final fantasy and it was because the game was uh Almost I mean, I almost want to say first and foremost, and I've never really thought about this until now, but first and foremost, those early Final Fantasy games and those early RPGs were about having their own internal historical consistency. They were about being stories. Mm-hmm. You know, they were about kind of teaching you morals and stuff. Not really morals, but I don't know, they were they were about kind of be, they were about being about something, you know. And games well, kind of lost that.
2: I would argue that every work, every every piece of pop culture that you consume is teaching you things, whether um, you want it
0: to I, or not.
2: Exactly, yeah. whether whether the lesson is a good one or not, whether the creator put any thought into it or not. Um, I feel
0: like now they're tr- they're almost putting thought into not teaching you stuff.
2: Well, they're certainly like making the art. Like I think it was. I think it was Jerry Bruckheimer who was making the Mm -hmm. excuse for his movies that, oh, I'm making making movies for 14-year-old boys. Um, But really, like, if you're making art for young people, that actually means you have more responsibility.
1: Yeah.
0: So it's, yeah, he he said that, and uh, uh, I remember Michael Bay saying something similar about the Pearl Harbor movie. He's like, well, if it's getting kids interested in... World War II. It's like, yeah, but was it? And now they're making those Transformers movies. What? What does that teach anybody? You know. So I mean, I feel like I learned a lot of stuff, and uh, I at least got more curious about interesting things. And I feel like I'm a tiny bit smarter because I played the original Legend of Zelda on the, the Nintendo, and I got all the way through it by myself. And I feel like that was god darn it. I feel like that was an educational experience because uh, we need another
3: Jurassic Park.
0: Jurassic Park the movie, you mean? Like yes. the movie that uh that gets kids interested in that level of science and all that? Yeah.
1: Exactly. Although and it's not Cabral. too it's not too hard to get kids interested in dinosaurs. Um <laughs> Dinosaurs are so cool. So alright, I guess it's time maybe now for our lightning round. Alright. Oh hey, let's go for it. Um so this is actually it was an idea of Jaffe's that I populated with my own uh subjects here. The name of the game is... Uh, it doesn't have a name. Basically, you have to uh, find... name up right now. Uh, opposite day. All right. <laughs> um, you have to find the polar opposite of whatever game title I'm going to tell you uh, as, as quickly as possible. And uh, it may perhaps be helpful for us to come up with some... Uh, I I guess it should be opposite either mechanically or thematically. One of those two ways. So, so not just the, the literal title. Not just no. the title, but uh something that but it could be if if it's if the title if the game isn't compelling enough, you could you could just go for the title if you want to, because it might be fine. Anyway, uh are you ready to begin?
0: Yeah, let's go for it.
1: Yeah. yeah. Alright. Uh game number one is Tetris, the opposite of Tetris.
0: The opposite of the title, or the opposite of the game. The, the game. game. Yeah. I know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, Tetris- well, uh, I would say uh, Sim City because you're building a city and uh, you're seeing only your successes, uh, whereas in Tetris you only see your failures.
1: Yeah, sure. That. That's that's acceptable. I was thinking maybe like. Uh, uh, puzzle Bobble, because you're shooting stuff up instead of stuff falling down. Sure. Yeah. Uh,
2: I was thinking something like Diplomacy, where uh, Tetris is purely about spatial reasoning. Uh, diplomacy is purely about social reasoning. Like,
1: sure, that works as well.
3: I was um, thinking about hatris because the opposite of blocks are hats.
0: Oh yeah, that's true.
1: <laughs> <Makes sense. laughs> that's true. That's true. That's a ding dong uh, right there. Okay, uh, Pokemon. Oh, uh, the Pokemon? Oh. Yeah, Pokemon.
0: Do you mean gold, silver, red, blue, ruby, sapphire, black, white, X, Y? white? All of them.
3: Um, I'm gonna say Dragon Quest 1, uh, where instead of catching them all, you're just going around and killing them all with no actual relation to the monsters other than <laughs> fighting.
0: Yeah, That's that video sounds good. I think that one game where, uh, you uh, you have a bunch of animals and you have to set them free into the wild. I think that's the one. Oh, <laughs> animal crossing, where as opposed to the animals being your subordinates,
3: they are your uh, they're your uh, peers. You have to uh, socialize among them. They determine your life as opposed to you determining theirs.
1: Hmm.
0: I think Dragon Quest One is a pretty good example.
1: It is. Um, Eco. Oh, Eco? Huh. Yeah.
3: Um, The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, which is about a companion who never shuts up.
0: There you go.
1: Oh, yes. That's true. That's That's pretty pretty good. good. Uh, alright then, how about Sonic 2? Sonic 2? Uh, Sonic 4?
0: Because it's like Sonic 2, but it sucks? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Oh,
3: I would say the opposite of Sonic 2 is Guitar Hero, because in Sonic 2, uh, Sonic is slavishly fo- uh, Tails is slavishly following your every move, and in Guitar Hero, you're slavishly following a song that somebody else did.
1: Okay. I was thinking about hmm. something where you go real slow uh, <laughs> on purpose, but I don't know what sort of a something, game that is.
2: A play-by-mail game?
1: <laughs> yeah. Internet chess. Words with friends? But there's no there's no benefits going slower. Well, well, hmm. I guess Sonic
0: Two is about moving fast uh, virtuosically, and you could say a game such as Octodad where you're moving slowly, uh, very oh, clumsily, yeah. Yeah. could be it. Yeah, Octodad maybe the
3: opposite of Sonic Two is quap quap Yeah. Oh, boy, I like
0: that one.
1: Yeah, that's indeed. probably it.
0: Okay. That's probably it. Uh, cool spot. Oh, uncool spot would be that one. Yeah. <laughs>
3: the opposite of cool spot so the least um, the least marketing ga- uh, marketing bent game uh, the game that is most within its own vision maybe something uh, the, the worst selling game yeah uh so, something like journey but uh, with its head a little bit more of its own bump uh, yeah. probably passage
1: passage that's a good one yeah, yeah.
0: all right Man, Cool Spot. We've never talked about it, but, uh... Yeah, Cool Spot's a real bad game. Yeah, it's pretty bad. It's pretty horrible. Like all the games of that style. Um... Right. Doom.
1: Doom. Hmm,
3: not gloom. No. No. Uh, The opposite of Doom. Um... uh, I I guess, uh... are, Are there games where you're, like, the king of hell? And you're fighting guys who are trying to storm it? Oh, that, uh, yeah, that, kind that of. Dungeon Batman
1: guy. Yeah, and yeah, that too. Guy. Yeah. This Gaia. I guess that'll do it. Right. Um, Farmville. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Farmville. Let's Farmville. do it. I'm thinking.
3: The opposite of Farmville.
2: So I'm thinking. instead of a game that you pay not to play, it's a game that they pay you not to play. <laughs> yeah.
0: A game
2: you are paid. So, like
1: um, well,
3: let's see. Like,
1: I guess Sega. I can't the... You can't. You can't play Outrun 2, uh, You can't play Outrun online anymore. So that's a game that you may have played. No, I guess you can still re-download it. So never mind. That doesn't no. work.
0: Redownload. What,
1: what were you saying, Jim?
2: Um, I was just trying to remember the crops that the U.S. government was paying people not to grow.
1: Oh, yeah. I think it was corn, corn at some point. There's, There's so a, much
0: corn in this country.
1: Yeah, they got a lot of corn. Do you
0: know corn has more uh, carbohydrates in it than well,
1: uh, bread? What, what yes. game
0: is the most about instant gratification? Yeah, that's what I'm trying to think. God of War. Yeah. Every button you press results in every single thing in the world uh, kind of jiggling, and if you press it at the right time in the right direction, there's a snap that uh, momentarily uh, refreshes your your uh, steadiness-thirsty brain, where uh, you you want something to be steady for a second or an instant. So there you go. That's that's your instant gratification. That game. sounds
1: good. How about Minecraft?
0: Minecraft. Uh, the Earth Defense Force, because you're blowing buildings up and they're exploding into
1: squares. Yeah, I like it. I like <laughs> it. You also do that in Iron Soldier, and they're definitely just squares in that they're game. They're just
0: a bunch of big old boxy boxes, yeah. Yep.
1: Uh, okay, uh, Frog Fractions.
0: Frog Fractions?
1: Yeah, opposite of Frog Opp- Fractions. Uh, Frogger! Frogger, Frogger. is
3: the opposite of Frog Fractions. It's got a uh, frog in it.
1: Because it's... Yeah... It's a
3: game that's about a frog, but what you see is exactly what you get.
0: there you go. But then that's not an opposite, because a frog is not an opposite of a frog. It's true. Okay, well then, uh, let's say Toter. Hungry Hungry Hippos. No, wait a minute. (laughs) It has to be something where you're shooting food into the mouth of an animal instead of the animal. No, wait, that wouldn't even be right shooting food out of the mouth of an animal, just Super Mario oh, World, yeah, Yoshi's,
1: Yoshi's Island. Yoshi's Island. Oh, but he's yeah, not shooting
0: so. it out of his mouth, but he can spit enemies out of his yeah, mouth. Yeah, he spits enemies out. So I think I'm, I'm thinking only the beginning of Frog Fractions, because that's the, the public-facing part of the game. Yeah,
1: right. yeah. <laughs> the, the um, okay, and and lastly, which... Uh, well, I'll, I'll just say my thing after. Lastly, Ziggurat. Ziggurat? Ooh, the opposite of Ziggurat. Oh Oh, man,
0: man. Uh, ET for twenty six hundred because you're inside of a thing that is an inverted triangle. (laughs) Uh, Oh yeah. Bottom and you're trying to get out. Wait, but that's probably not the best possible answer. Uh,
3: I would say a traditional tower defense game.
1: Uh, No, that's not uh, the desktop tower defense. It's not the opposite. Hmm. It, it like I guess uh, Anomaly Warzone Earth yeah, I, might be the opposite because it's a traditional tower-offense game.
0: Traditional there was a, a
2: game uh, for, the, for the PlayStation 2 era that was uh, uh, inverting the fight-off-aliens by having you play the invading aliens. I don't remember what it was called, though.
1: Hmm. They made one of those for the Wii with a space invaders theme. Wii. Um, Wii. I think my phone is... uh Yeah? Uh,
0: my phone isn't working. <laughs> That's, I, I, I was first.
3: I, I don't know. This is a really hard one.
1: Yep.
0: Well,
3: I
1: guess if Tim uh, can't come uh, up with the answer...
3: Space, Space Silicon Valley for the Nintendo 64.
0: I'm thinking, so The when I think of the marquee features of Ziggurat, I think of it as having one level,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, and uh, there's... Uh, it's a game nobody will ever beat,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which I like that, uh, but it's a game which plateaus. The difficulty plateaus. At, I'm not going to say exactly how many minutes, but at a certain number of minutes in, it, it plateaus, uh, and uh, you have to restart the whole game every time you die. I don't know. It's it's pretty much the opposite of so many little things that I just don't like. It's It's... it's there's yeah, sounds no kind of one... like the opposite of modern AAA games. Yeah. It's just... It's uh, the opposite
2: of Call of
3: Duty.
0: Opposite of Call of Duty? Call of Duty's got some good defend, uh, King of the Hill zones. I mean, Ziggurat's just a what if we made a whole FPS that was one King of the Hill level was the original idea to the original Ziggurat game. Which is still in development, by the way. Don't tell anybody
1: that. It's a secret.
0: <laughs> what if we I make...
1: I think we got close. It's one of them. It's gonna be one of them AAA. I mean, I guess we could just choose a bad one and say something like, uh, "What was that Tecmo one?" What was Quantum it called? Quantum theory. Quantum theory.
0: What? What a terrible name for a
1: game. Quantum theory is what it could be. The opposite of. And Do the you reason have that game
0: on the 360?
1: I used to. I think I sold it for like five dollars at one point. I should get it again. I played halfway through it, but yeah, I was I was thinking about that when when jeff you suggested this topic i thought it was a good idea because um you mentioned that uh to, to ryan that you thought that i made the kinds of games that i wanted to play and you made the kinds of games uh based on things that you hate you made the kinds of games that yeah, uh, yeah. W- were a reaction to things you dislike uh yes i so. was just
0: playing that uh Uh, Blacklight Retribution free-to-play FPS uh, for PlayStation 4 today. And just sitting there the whole time, and I played it online against some kids, and it's like, you know, if you die, you can revive yourself immediately if you have, like, these revival injections. That's their free-to-play mechanic. It's otherwise a triple-A FPS, and I'm just like, the whole time, I'm like, yeah, video ball's a lot better. I would rather play play Video Ball than this. And it's like...
3: More like action rebuttal entertainment.
0: Heck yeah. Rebutton. There's just a a whole bunch of stuff that I'm just... Like, that Blacklight Retribution is like the opposite of everything in Video Ball. Uh, But I mean, it's still the core thing. You know, you sit down, you fire up your console, and you have a good time. Playing this game against some dudes, you yeah. know, it's still the same deal, but
1: it's uh,
0: uh, all the intern, all the tiny decisions are
1: reversed. So I guess that's our podcast there.
3: Wow!
1: Yeah, Jeff, you make a buzzer noise. Wow! <laughs> that was good. That was, solid. <laughs> that, was that was something. So, I uh, want to yes. say. Uh,
0: Oh, I want—I want to say a thing before we—we we end the show. I just want to say that we're having uh, this Sunday at uh at at one thirty p.m. Pacific. We are having the video ball bowl at my house. The video ball bowl.
1: Video ball bowl.
0: It is the championships of video ball, and uh, we're just going to determine who's a champion and who's not. And uh, then we're going to watch the Super Bowl at my house. So if you're in the area, come on by.
1: Also, uh, you all should, if you're in the East Coast, you should come out and visit Video Ball and My Game Gunsport at the IndieCade East eSports Showcase. IndieCade East. IndieCade East eSports Showcase. And that would be a cool thing you could do if you felt like it. It'll be oh, at the Museum I... of the Moving Image. on Oh, and the...
0: I also wanted to say Monday. that t- tomorrow in uh, New York City, uh, Brooklyn actually, uh, at the uh, the the venue Death by Audio, they're having a, a NYU is having a party event called Deathmatch by Audio, and uh, you will be able to play video ball there all night long, from about 6 p.m. till about 2 a.m. You'll be able to play video ball there on a real big screen and uh, have a real good time. And we put some new colors in there, so nothing colorblind people shouldn't have anything to complain about anymore. Hopefully. I'll oh, send you, you guys, some screenshots,
2: Jeff. I just thought of the game that's the opposite of Frog Fractions. I'm what is it now? That? It's the version of Frog Fractions back when it had a tutorial.
0: Ah. Oh. Oh, there you go. Man, that's it. That would have
3: been
1: miserable. <laughs> yeah, I know.
2: <laughs> now I know that. <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat>
1: throat> um, <laughs> so this has been the Insert Credit Podcast. You can follow us on the Facebook page which is, I don't know what, facebook.com Facebook slash, com
3: credit. slash, slash IC podcast,
1: slash IC podcast. Yeah. And, uh, you, can, you, can, you can, you can get these episodes on dot uh, podcast.insertcredit.com and you can follow us all on the tweets. Uh, I'm at necrosofty, Tim's at 108. Um, Jim is at mogwai underscore poet. And, uh, Jaffe is at Alex Jaffe. And, ask me who would win in a fight questions. And he really wants you to ask him who would win in a fight questions, although uh, he, you didn't really like mine. When I <laughs> asked you, who, Hulk mine was who would, who would win in a fight, Rowdy Roddy Pizza or Hulk Hoagie.
3: I gave you a good answer to that. I said that RRV has pizza power, but I'm holding out for a hero, spelled G-Y-R-O, till the end of the night.
1: Yeah, but I could tell you didn't yeah. like it because you answered two other who would win in a fight that came after mine before no, you answered mine.
0: Been, he could have just been thinking.
1: Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Been, yeah. More anyway, consideration. Uh, thanks, y'all, for listening to our podcast and uh, whatever now you're playing with podcasts or something.
0: Now, N-W-P-W-P. Wait, oh, yeah. N-Y-P-W-P.
1: Uh, okay. Podcast over, yeah! Yeah, do it. Just get it over. Podcast over,
3: yeah!
1: Do you guys want to hear the questions that I cut? I cut three questions. Yes. Yeah, why the heck not? Um, one of them was that I, I was playing some NES games because I got an NES working, and I finally played some of those games that I've been purchasing. Uh, or that I purchased like a couple years ago, and man, so many of them feel so old. Like even I was, I was even trying to play uh, Shatterhand, and it just, it's slow and it's kind of plodding, and th- there's lag from me pressing a button to something happening. And I was gonna ask. I, this was more of a question for when both Tim and Frank were on the show: is to recommend me some NES games that don't feel like they were made. 20 years ago. 30 years ago. <laughs> oh,
0: man. Uh, have, do you have Kabuki Quantum Fighter? I don't have that. Kabuki Quantum Fighter is uh, made, by, made by Hal Laboratory, yeah. uh, which is uh, Satoru Iwata, uh, the guy who's now the CEO of Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I really think that game still feels pretty modern. Do you have Sunsoft Batman?
1: I don't have the Batman...
0: Sunsoft Batman is a weird game. Uh it's the least Batman like thing you could possibly imagine, but it's it's pretty good. Uh, I've got the
1: one for the PC engine, but I think it's different from that. Oh,
0: it's it's totally, totally different. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh do you have I, I think Demon's Sword, man. Demon's Sword is good. I don't remember if I have that. I'll check. I may have it because I I remember you recommended it a few times.
0: Yeah, it's it's a sort of uh it's a sort of a Legend of Kage like action adventure where it's mm-hmm. more of an adventure. It's a longer story with some backtracking. Clash at Demon Head by Vic Tokai is uh, a really weird one that a lot of connoisseur people still talk about today. And uh, it's a very PC Engine like game. I think it doesn't feel like an NES game, and it doesn't really feel old. Okay. Uh, I, I mean, I, I've expressed this in some forms before, but uh, uh, Super Mario Brothers 3 it definitely feels, uh, oh, yeah. feels better than any video game I've ever played since. I feel
2: like the first-party
0: Nintendo stuff of that
2: era old holds up pretty well.
0: Yeah, they, they had a standard of quality. They had a really strict standard back yeah. then, which nobody else had.
1: I just don't time. have a, a big affinity for that stuff. I believe that Super Mario Brothers 3 is probably the, the best answer, but I don't... Um, it's, I don't it's, have it, or feel like buying it.
0: If you ever stumble into a copy of it, check it yeah. out. It's it's really good. But uh, uh, some other ones that don't feel old.
1: So you thought Shatterhand felt old? Yeah, and I was surprised because when I first play it, I was played it. I was like, hey, all right, this this game kind of doesn't feel like the super pl- um like. We're trying as hard as we can to make this screen refresh kind of a game, mm-hmm. um, and but then I I I don't know I played it a couple nights ago and I was like eh. It has a okay. uh, it's got nice it animation and stuff.
0: technical virtuosity in it. But yeah, yeah it's, oh, it does. It's not super spectacular. Um, if you can find the game Low G Man, do you have Low G Man?
1: I do have Low G Man, uh, and that that's an interesting one. I haven't I haven't really gotten to play it yet. I I watched Eric John play it for a while.
0: Oh, I'd say check that one out. It's pretty cool. It it feels good. I've
1: got Vice Project Doom, which I haven't loaded up yet. Oh
0: yeah, Vice Project Doom. I like that one a lot too. Uh, I like the the Rolling Thunder port for NES, even though I know it's not very, it's not great. It's not as good as Rolling mm-hmm. Thunder two or three for Genesis. Yeah. Which are two of my favorite games. Yeah. have games.
1: I've got uh Rolling Thunder on. Jama uh, arcade board and two and three on the Genesis, so I think I'm covered there.
0: So I would actually recommend Street Fighter 2010. Oh yes,
1: fighter. I actually I like. I liked that game when I was. young. that was one of the few games I did play when I was younger, and uh, I just don't own it right now.
0: Yeah, I'd recommend the heck out of that one. Uh, yeah. it's it's really really stupid and it's really great. Yeah, I liked that. Uh, so but, uh, so- uh, then what else is there? There's there's a whole bunch. Of games that are really good, um, right, guys, I would. I have,
2: to, uh, I have to head off.
0: Oh you to but... go? Oh, you do? Yeah. All yeah, right. I mean, uh, sorry, cool. I have
2: to leave early, but it's uh, it's time. Do you have an NES
0: recommendation oh. for Brandon? Uh, you go? <laughs> I off probably would recommend Mario three. Yeah, it seems, Mario
2: three
1: seems the best Like game. the one. Uh, okay, I also really favorite. think the cool. not...
2: first Zelda holds up. Um,
0: it's got some weird shit in it, but it's still really good. I love the first Zelda. I play through it once a year or so. I so love don't don't
1: worry, you're not leaving early because this is the post-podcast thing. Okay, cool. That so you're, you're, you're within your rights to leave. So okay. thanks for coming, and we'll yeah. see you later. Thanks for having me. Yeah,
0: I want to say my controversial opinions about uh, some more NES games. Uh, I yeah. would say, Brandon, you've played Rondo of Blood, and yeah. you have Rondo of Blood. I got it. I would say you're okay to skip every Castlevania game on the console. Uh, yeah. I would say you're okay to skip them all. And some people will try to tell you that there's some good stuff about Simon's Quest or there's some good stuff about Castlevania Three, but it's like, man, no, there, there's... If you've got Round of Blood, you've got the essence of it, kind of. Yeah, I,
1: I definitely didn't like anything but the atmosphere of those games every time I tried them. I did like the atmosphere, yeah. though.
0: And uh, I would say you can skip those Contras because that's got, again, those feel old. Because yeah. the screen refresh, and uh, yeah. I'd say almost everything Konami got done, like Konami really did everything better on the uh, Super Nintendo.
1: Yeah, so, they they figured it out in the 16-bit era.
0: Yeah, it's almost as though that console was god darn made for them. Like all, it it almost feels like so. Yeah, you can skip those. Uh, man, I really I I really want to do an NES. Uh, podcast, but you could you could play a bunch of games first. I could give you a list of what games you should play. <clears throat> I have
1: but, I uh, have a bunch of games and I could play them first. One Wh- one of the frustrating things, and it kind of bothers me that people are nostalgic for this. One of the frustrating things is how infrequently that god darn things, thing works. Mm-hmm. And you got to you got to blow into it and you got to shake. They're the like, ha, 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 it's so cool. And that's not like. Nobody should be nostalgic for inconvenience. That's it, it's like, are people going to be uh, nostalgic for when uh, when energy systems gated them out of content? I hope so. If they if they like blowing on NES cartridges.
0: <laughs> so that top loader um, NES works real well though. Yeah, that's that's the like one. 100% I, of the time. That there I should some, have. there are
1: some questions in the uh, chat. I had two more two more questions that I cut. If you just oh yeah to hear. Let, yeah let's hear them. Yeah, let's, let's um, kick it up. One was since Nintendo has announced that they're going to have a division within their company that will make apps for smartphones that drive people to Nintendo products, which sounds like basically an ad or a Pokedex or something. Um, yeah. The the question was design. A Nintendo-made app that will make everyone happy, which is what they're going to have to try to do. Like their investors, uh, their fans, and their potential customers. And uh, you don't have to answer that, but I thought that would be funny to talk about.
0: Oh yeah, uh, I mean, I feel like uh, if you put the original, if if you if you do a Kickstarter-worthy get the band back together on the original Super Mario Brothers and have those guys make an endless runner. Yeah. iOS. Uh, uh, I mean, it's not even me being nostalgic about Mario. It's it's almost as though if I sat down, I could scientifically prove that no games about running and jumping feel anywhere near as good as uh, the old Super Mario games do. So it's like, if they would just make a Super Mario running and jumping game, and then somehow tie that in... (coughs) God darn it, and then somehow tie that into um, one of their Mario games on their dumb console man you know what and uh, I mean I'm not just having this opinion to be uh, to be cool I think that we use a really cool system mm-hmm. uh, I play I actually play mine whereas my other consoles I just kind of use them to watch Netflix on yeah so. I don't
1: uh I don't I don't foresee it there being a soon time when I want a Wii U uh, myself. Yeah, I, I
0: only got one for that Mario. Yeah. And then I got more of them because I got a couple other games because he had it. Yeah, and then that they roped me in with that.
1: So then my last question was going to be these these questions actually would have been good for the future, but whatever. Um, was uh, so you know Frank doesn't he doesn't own a lot of games, and he prefers to just have them on the flashcard. but he owns all of those Vegas games. And yeah. you don't own a lot of physical games because you don't really want to, but you started to rebuild your PS2 and Genesis collection. And oh, so yeah, I'm looking at it right now. I, I was curious... I'm curious to know everyone's criteria for when keeping the physical object is desirable. And that that actually might be fun to talk about well, in a future podcast. Yeah.
3: They, they've they all got to be games which only have one of the five vowels in the title. That's right. Or games where uh, the number equals the number of syllables in the title.
0: Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yes. That's right. Uh, so, I mean, me and Brandon were in Japan at the same time, and uh, we... Uh, I, wanna, I, I would get up and show people this, but... Uh, I'm I, I'm tethered to my microphone on the table. But uh, I have this shelf. So we were in Japan at the same time, and I had made the decision on the plane over that I was going to buy a bunch of used games. But my criteria would be that they would all be games that I want to display on my bookshelf because they have great box art but are also great games. So the yeah. criteria is they have to be great games with great box art. So we have... uh. Here's this one. I, I I went ahead and in my life I decided I should uh, I should own a Japanese boxed copy of Super Mario Brothers 3, and so that's what this is right here. Actually, I can get this uh, label off with a hair dryer if I just blow a hair dryer. That's something that you might know if you have ever collected this sort of stuff. Just blow a hair dryer on high heat for like two seconds, and this label just comes off like butter. Uh, I just haven't done that yet. I've had all these sitting on my shelf for like three months now. Uh, I do believe the best game box art we got right here. That's fantastic. Star. Star. Yeah, yeah. I do believe that's pretty good. And I've got all the Shining Forces and Panzer Dragoons, uh, Dragon Quest V. Dragon Quest V is just kind of a, a masterpiece of video game box art. I think that's just... An incredible looking thing, and again, I haven't hair hair dry blowed off the uh, the labels yet because I'm just being a jerk, and I'm putting it off. I like the I like this lady on the back of the uh, Fantasy Star Two box. It's a hot lady. I like her gun. See the uh, the inguinals that she's got there. Uh huh. Get to see her inguinals. If it ain't got inguinals, I don't give a queenals as mm-hmm.
1: they used to say, where I was Fair from. Up they love saying that there yeah they just
0: they don't stop saying it it's weird because I don't really I don't understand what the quenals means
2: yeah yeah